0: Hi everybody, and welcome to the Ocean Curious Projects Interview Series. I'm Michael Hoffman, the president of Ocean Curious, and I'm joined by a number of our wonderful, wonderful uh, Ocean Curious members and a special guest today. So, what I'd like to do is just uh, um, I'll ask you to introduce yourselves, and then the Nesh and and Christina, uh, one of you, whoever's last, just hand it off to Laurent, and Laurent will introduce our guest. So, Christina, you want to introduce yourself and say hi to everybody
1: hi everybody welcome to another interview i am also very curious with with today's guest Uh, my name is Christina Lecati and i will hand it over to ines
2: hi everyone and i'm also really excited uh my name is ines narciso iwn underscore alex on twitter and i give it over to you Laurent. that's going to introduce our amazing guest
3: Thanks, Ines. And uh, hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Laurent, and yeah, I have the honor to introduce our special guest today. So our special guest is Kevin Metcalf. He is a former federal agent turned prosecutor and founder of the National Child Protection Task Force, in short, NCPTF. It's an organization that brings together experts in legal strategy, OSINT, cellular mapping, analysis of the dark web and a bunch of other areas. And the, the organization um, provides resources, training, and also expertise uh, that uh, to law enforcement and other organizations that are underfunded. And Kevin is involved heavily involved in the recovery of missing and exploited exploited children, and the identification and apprehension of sexual predators around the world. So, first of all, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Uh, thank you for having me on here.
3: No, absolutely. So. I'm gonna kick off, and we usually start off with a simple question, like "Tell us your story," and maybe you can also tell us a little bit about the story of NCPTF. So, first of all, how did you end up in osind and then also how did you end up forming this organization?
4: All right, my background goes back to, well, as you can tell by looking at me, I'm old. That uh, 1988, I went through basic training for, in the in the army, so I've been involved in. Either the military, state, local, or federal law enforcement since 1988. Uh, earlier in my career, I was much more focused on the, the physical aspects of uh, force on force, uh, close quarter combat, uh, any combatives type stuff. And I worked in counterterrorism in the federal system, and you know had a, had a good career going there. But I became the only parent of my two little girls. They were two and five at the time. And I was in London when all the bombings were going off. And it was Thanksgiving of 2006. And my overnight babysitter called and said, Hey, I can't be there tonight. You know, I'm in London, it's Thanksgiving night, and I've got no, nowhere for my kids to go. But I mean, luckily, my neighbor stepped up. But right then, I knew it was time to, to do something that's a little more stable. So I came back to Arkansas. I got accepted in the University of Arkansas School of Law. And I was supposed to go back to the U.S. Attorney's Office you know, where I came from on the federal side, but I, I didn't do that. I stayed uh, because my girls were finally settled. So with 20 with something years you know, behind me on the investigative side, I, I'm i a new prosecutor, kind of a weird feeling. So I'm looking at, you know, what where's a weakness? Where's an area where nobody's doing anything? And back in 2010, and quite honestly, still today, you know, the, the law is very slow to adapt. And you know, the speed at which technology advances. So the law is really behind. And back in 2010, everybody was afraid of social media, cell phones, computers, all this. So I thought, well, I'll just jump into that. So I I had several jury trials that involved social media evidence, digital evidence, cell phone evidence, and all this other stuff. So when you're presenting all of this to a jury, it's very complex. It's a group of people that you select You end up with 12 and you have to explain how technology works and you have to explain where the connections are. And you've got to explain the story that you're presenting and how it all fits together. And as I did a few of those, I started looking and I was thinking, why are we, you know, I'm having to create this story. And I've got to figure out where the cell phone evidence connects with the Facebook and Google and Snapchat and uh, all the rest of the stuff. Some of it I can't get into, but how all this this tech stuff fits together and I got to create this story well that just clicked with me so i took that and started doing investigations and instead of the data silos that we were working in i was saying let's let's forget that let's i need experts in each of these silos but i also need somebody who can see the big picture where does this stuff connect if i follow the trail using cell phone data from this point to this point that trail's got to pick up somewhere and sometimes you got to shift over maybe as Micah knows you got to shift over maybe to image analysis. Maybe that image analysis takes you to this other point where you pick up social media evidence. It's uh, it's a follow the trail, and it's uh, I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee's, and he when he said, "Be water, my friend." You know you you have to take the form of whatever you're given. You have to go with the flow. So uh, that concept ended up uh, bringing me to national attention. So I ended up working on a few cases where. These teenagers were taken by online sexual predators. And, you know, in each case, we had federal agencies involved. We had we had a ton of agencies involved, each doing what they've always done and what they do very well. So I come in and I start saying I I, I need this language in this search warrant and I need something else. And this comes from me helping out agencies all around the country at that point. So I would take all those lessons learned and all that exposure and all that experience. And I started putting them in and we started recovering these girls, usually within hours. And uh, I was asked to speak at the National Cybercrime Conference, which is one of the places. And when I was there, I met Kevin Branzetti and he and I got to talking. His whole world has been terrorism, counterterrorism. So we we started talking and collaborating and we picked up more experts along the way. They saw what we were doing. They said, I want to be a part of that. So as we went, I had all these experts in different fields, mapping and analysis, open source, uh, dark web, cryptocurrency. Yeah. So all this all this stuff kind of came together. And and then uh, I, I realized open source intelligence was vital. It's huge. It's a huge, huge uh, resource that even now, law enforcement is barely, barely scratching the surface of. So I. I got into Black Hat DEF Con, started working there, trying to develop some relationships. I've been following you guys ever since you started, and uh, most of my people have. So that's, that's kind of the journey. And now we are a group of, uh, last year, my conference, or our conference was attended by law enforcement from 28 countries. And we put together the Five Eyes Child Rescue event, which brought together law enforcement, state, local, and federal from the US, also with Canada, the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. So I had about 130 investigators that have come together uh, for for major events, and we just take on missing, exploited, and trafficked uh, children cases, and we we work those. So first of all, also congratulations
3: on putting this together and becoming such a successful organization. Like there were so many interesting points that I want to touch upon. The first one being like you mentioned the. Uh, the kind of like the strength of your organization is the fusion of these different expertise or these different areas. So you've got uh, OSINT and then you've got uh, the tech people, the dark web experts. And uh, so you bring it together because you realize there was a gap and yep. this is what you try to fill. And can I ask you about that? What are the challenges in doing something like this? Because this is very difficult, I assume. So it's not that easy to bring together all these experts and then also kind of like orchestrate these joint investigations and what what challenges do you have? And uh, by the way, for our listeners on our podcast, um, if you want to follow um, Kevin, which I highly recommend, his Twitter handle is at Volk
4: V O L K underscore NCPTF. Cool. Yeah. So the the challenges. Boy, where to start on that one? We've become really really good at a rapid response. So we we are we work directly with international agencies. We work directly with Uh, Agencies in Australia, the UK, Canada, I I, I can't get too specific, parts of Europe and and different things because there are some restrictions in in different places. But here in the U.S., funding becomes a huge issue. So let's say we've got the, the war on drugs, for example. The war on drugs hasn't changed in the last 40 years. We're still doing the same things, getting the same results. And part of that is the way that we measure success. We generally measure success on a monthly scale. How far do you think we can get on working a major cartel or, you know, something like that in a month? What they want are the check marks and you got 30 days. Here's how many arrests I've made. If you're working a cartel, if you're working a big organized crime group running drugs, it takes you a lot longer than that. So when you think about that, in the context of child crimes or or anything else, there's a lot of competition for a lot of money. So there is unfortunately. It's unfortunately set up to where each agency wants credit for everything so they can go to Congress, say, look, this is what we did and that's why we deserve more money. So that's that's kind of a built in problem. So when we go, I've I've told people for I've been doing this for several years now and I keep saying, don't give me credit. Don't mention my name. You don't have to say anything about what I've done or, or how I've done it. And we set it up in a way where each agency can replicate or do the work themselves so they can go testify to it. They don't need me. I just, I just find the stuff and I show them here step-by-step how this happened. And that's the way it's developed. And that's how I started getting into a lot of these groups. So one of the big things is going to be ego. We have a lot of egos out here and those egos are tied to, to big money. So sometimes getting us involved in an investigation, uh, another thing is the concept of runaways, runaways versus missing kids. And this is just a legal concept. But if you want to see how this plays out, what do you think about? And this is a rhetorical question you don't have to answer. But think about when you hear a child is missing, child's been abducted, completely different than this child's a runaway. Different response from law enforcement, too. And if you there it just do a search of some of the major agencies and see what their take is on runaways. And you'll see that runaways, no crime has been committed. It's up to the parents. Law enforcement will put them in this database. And if they show up somewhere, they'll, you know, they'll bring them back. But as far as an active investigation, you're probably not going to see it. Now also think about what do predators do when they connect with kids, they groom them, they develop this illusion of trust. They, they, develop this relationship over time. And they tell them you need to make sure your parents know you're running away, leave a note, leave something, make it obvious that you're running away. So these predators are able to lure kids out under this pretense and under this illusion of this relationship and law enforcement's not really involved and they, they really can't go and use the legal resources that are there. That's been a huge thing. And when you get into foster kids or group homes, it's, it's a, uh, extremely troubling. There's no accountability. If you go and ask one major agency, how many homicides did you have you know this, this quarter or however they measure it? How many property crimes did you have? How many vehicle thefts? They can tell you. It's right there in front of them. Now, if you ask them, how many missing kids do you have? How many runaways do you have? How many kids are missing out of foster care? I don't know. So, <laughs> yes. Kevin... Uh, one question for you. So so
0: just a clarification. Now, I, I know I, I'm actually doing some some work with uh, NCPTF yeah. and, and I'm enjoying it. And I want to hear from you, you know, more about the open source no, intelligence. No. no, no, no. I mean, all of this stuff is good, Kevin. I mean, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, we touch upon the, the amazing OSINT work and the amazing people mm-hmm. that you have that are volunteering in your organization that are doing the OSINT. So can you maybe share some of the uh, some of the interesting OSINT things that your organization
4: is doing to find these missing kids or, yeah.
0: and these traffic kids?
4: Yeah. So the the runaway versus missing thing. Uh, now for us, for law enforcement, I can dig in deep if it's a missing kid or if I have extra circumstances. On the runaway side, OSINT becomes hugely important. So if you've got a, a missing a missing person missing kid we can dig into OSINT all day long and what we're looking for are signs of them interacting with predators or or things like that so uh, in in some cases uh, what you know Micah you have taken us a tremendous leap forward in working some of these cases that involve uh, I don't know if the rest of you are are aware of, of this but uh, the, the concept of working some of these images when we, all we have is an image Sometimes that's all we have. We just have this picture and I, I really wish I could put this out uh, and, and some of this is out there. Maybe Mike you have some other stories you can share uh, That I can't but open source You can't underestimate anything. There are so many things of value. So if In and, and I know this has gotten out in print so I can talk about this one We had one one case where we just had images now if you're dealing with dark web Uh, Predators are really good at at using technology against us using encryption using the dark web characteristics So they will take these what is nothing and it's not child pornography. This is child rape child rape videos They will trade images. They will sell them on the dark web And in a lot of cases, we can't really get anywhere with it. They they're good enough. They're staying just out of our reach using the characteristics of technology that all we have is that image. Sometimes it's the face of a child. Sometimes it's uh, a, a child posing in a room. Now in that room, there are things such as in this one case, a water bottle, this big, a bigger one, kind of a bigger jug. And in that case, we were able to take that jug, clear it up a bit, figure out where it was manufactured. And that took us to a place in Mexico. And then we were able to take some of these other images including the railing that's by this body of water. This child was was standing there by this body of water, by this railing, has some distinct characteristics. Again, I can't get into too much detail, but that that bottle where it was manufactured, we start there. You start looking on a map. Okay, here's a manufacturing plant. Let's start looking out for bodies of water. Well, here's one body of water. We start looking, we see the railing. So uh, that's... It, it it obviously took much more than that, much more, many more steps. But in taking something and being able to work with images, being able to, to pivot from one thing to another. We had another one where we had an image of a of a predator. He was covered and there was a vehicle in the background. We were able to take that and using, and in this case, we, had, we were using some of our other tools. So we had the legal process involved in this. Legal process told us, Whoever was using this device, trading these images was using open Wi-Fi at a McDonald's and a Starbucks, two different days. You know, so we're able to, and again, I got to be careful here about what all I put out, but we're able to compare those two locations at those two times and find a common device. We take that device and look at a pattern of life analysis, which takes us to a house. And that house, once we start looking into that, we figure out who has been associated with that location. So now, keeping in mind, we have a very specific vehicle involved. We start running them through things like Progressive.com or some of the insurance companies until we find one of the male members that had that type of a vehicle. And then what I want people thinking about, law enforcement thinking about, is how do you look inside a house? Because this this undercover agent had seen a child being raped on encrypted uh, video, this uh, live stream video inside a home, because that's where these predators feel safe. And I still remember her sitting there. We go to Zillow, we go to realtor.com and she said, Holy crap, that's the wood burning fireplace. That's this other stuff. And we had a location and then it's very simple, very simple old school investigative methodology to figure out, all right, who is this guy? And he's been in prison since 2019. So that's that's one example of, of OSINT when you got to fill the gaps. So in that last case we had stuff coming back from the legal side, but it wasn't enough. But when you plug OSINT into that, that takes us that next step. And it takes us to where we need to be and where I can build that probable cause uh, to go forward with an arrest.
0: And I think that that's one of those very important pieces to get across is that uh, the NCPTF is, is not just doing only OSINT. They're doing OSINT to augment the law enforcement investigative process. So there is, like you said, a very tight partnership between international law enforcement and uh the ncptf so um it really is a is an amazing relationship that you and the other ncptf members have have uh fostered between law enforcement and your organization um and, and it allows you to go farther you know you can only get so far with with uh, law enforcement you can only get so far so far with OSINT but you put them together and uh we've seen some of the successes in your organization so thank you
4: yeah and, and mike again i i can't i don't want to go into too deep with what you know this concept you and griffin came up with but it's brilliant uh it's uh i can't wait to see how this develops and i really appreciate your input on that absolutely
0: all right so um Kevin, one of the things that you mentioned, uh, in your introduction to the, to yourself and your organization was this NCPTF conference. Now you mentioned last year's conference, you had a lot of people attending a lot of law enforcement people. This year's conference is coming up, right? Um, and, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Who's it, who is it open to how do people get access to it and, and what you're expecting uh, during this year's conference?
4: Well, it's we thanks to our sponsors, you know, this year, none of this was supposed to be what it is. I, when I started this off, I, I never knew it was going to grow into this. But we have sponsors now that have enabled us to allow law enforcement everywhere to attend. And sometimes we, we find some of the most amazing people out here who just have a passion for this, but have no ability to get to training. They, they're in some small rural area. But quite honestly, some of these, I would put them up against anybody from the big, these big cities that, that have training. They just have this natural knack and this passion for it. So this conference uh, coming up, we're we a little different. If you were to go to the National Cybercrime Conference, and these are wonderful conferences, by the way, the crimes against children, anything like that. You'll see that when you, you show up, everybody disappears off into these different things. For my conference, I was wanting to keep it. Everybody stays together. So everybody comes together. You stay together from one training point to another, and it is very heavy in OSINT because law enforcement is is really not really not there. And I, it's state, local, federal, everybody. I, I put everybody in that same bucket. But uh, of course, I'm around guys like you, Micah, and, and all these others. So my standards are maybe a bit higher. But uh, to be fair, there, there's a lot to do. And I think uh, here here. lately in the last month or so, I've kind of started seeing a glimmer of hope that people are realizing, hey, there's a lot of stuff here that we can use. And they just don't realize that how much and how deep this is. So anyway, uh, the conference is taking people through legal strategy. Now, for us, I want the legal strategy to be about I want to get everything I can out of that because sometimes you're at a dead end. But if you know what you're looking for and you understand OSINT, some of that you can take plug it into your OSINT uh, team, and, you know, that that connects this gap with the next gap where you can dive back into the legal legal realm, and that the power of that has been phenomenal. That's the results we've gotten are amazing. So I also want to get into some dark web, and that is incredibly misunderstood of how that works. You know, we, we have parents saying, well, how are they going to get my kid on the dark web? It's like, well, you know, to oversimplify things, they're going to find your kid on the clear web. They're going to groom them over there. They're going to abuse them, record them and do whatever. And then they're going to take all of that over to the dark web and sell it. So uh, we have a lot of dark web vendors and a lot of dark web uh, professionals that are going to come in and do some of that as well. So uh, for you, Chris Hadnagy's one, uh, Nisette, uh Micah, and I mean, we have so many. I, I couldn't even, I'd have to look at a list, but the, the OSINT names on here are, some of the top anywhere
0: cool and one more thing and then i think Inez has a, a question um who is the conference open to and who's it really f- uh, focused on on uh well teaching and, and instructing
4: it it is it's really focused primarily on law enforcement but we also have and again i'm doing this a little differently we also focus on private technology so we have in i don't want to name names some of the major Social media, some of the major technology companies out here, I have volunteers from, from these major companies that work with us. They don't violate any laws. They don't violate privacy. We're really big on privacy. We're a huge privacy organization. And we we take uh, people from the the tech side. I've, I've got to say the technology community has really stepped up in the last few years and come in and worked with us. And people I mean, just like you guys, you guys have stepped up and come, come in and filled those gaps that we needed. So the conference is, it's, it's really aimed at law enforcement, but it's also, I've I've also widened that to technology professionals and these private companies. So I I think that's really important. And, And also from the retail industry, when these kids are being trafficked, when these kids are being exploited, they're also involved in organized retail crime. That's, that's a simple thing for them to do to send the kids out. You go shoplifting, you go do this gift card scam, you go do this stuff. If you get caught, Hey, that's not, not a problem for me. Right? So we see that a lot too. So I have corporate investigators. Again, they have been cleared by their companies to be in with us. They don't, we don't violate laws. We don't do anything like that, but sometimes they have ideas of what we can look for within their realm. And I'll say, you might want to consider sending a subpoena to this company and ask for this. That has been huge. Very, very big. And again, it's the collaboration. I think somebody mentioned that earlier. This is not one guy doing one thing. It's a community of passionate people that come together. And I think Griffin mentioned his poker story, his knowledge of poker in one case took us right where we needed to go. And that was, it just so happened. He knew, you know, what, what to look for. So that, that was phenomenal.
0: Very cool. And this.
2: Yeah. So first, Kevin, it's it's really like congratulations on everything you have done. It's actually I I don't think I've I've told this in in the in curious webcast, but actually, I was a pretty good student. My mom wanted me to go to med school, and and I went to history, kind of like to just you know be a. <laughs> go against my parents and halfway through Without a Trace started um, coming on TV. So this was about 2003, 2002. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm complete, like until that point, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do in life. And that was the point where I said, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to build puzzles to help people. And then I went to criminology, law enforcement, and yeah, I, and, and that's how it went. And it's interesting to see you talk about how it doesn't have that much to, to do about, you know, skills and about being like from a big city and the best training. Sometimes it's just about, you know, that that attitude, that perseverance, mm-hmm. that that, drive of like I want I'm, I'm going to think about this I'm going to fall asleep thinking about it I'm going to wake yeah. up in the middle of the night and say okay I haven't checked that I'm going to note it down <laughs> sure. and on the other side my question is more of the other side you spoke about which is Child protection is something, and I I felt this also with terrorism, it's something there shouldn't be any doubts on cooperation, right? It's something that we all, like, on an abstract level, agree that there should be no barriers and everyone should work together. But what, what we see, actually, and I saw it in law enforcement as well, is that very often people will put their, like, individual egos in front of this, like, much higher goal. So what do you think, like... As, as this crime becomes more and more global and it becomes like there's no frontiers, there's like no barriers in terms of geography or social class or whatever, how can the community, um, what are the next steps so that we reduce this kind of like institutions not working together and we create like global databases and a bigger like expert pool around the world so that if you need someone who speaks like Chinese that you can get it on the on the spot. How, how can we move forward so that people kind of forget that individual side a little bit?
4: That's, that's gonna require a culture change on a lot of levels. I think some of it's going to have to be legislated for one thing. And if if you follow the military look at uh, lessons we've learned say in Black Hawk Down on communication and information hoarding but we're still doing it even with a big mess like that when we get into child crimes and I've been told for quite a number of years here there's no money in child crimes if you want if you want to get funding you got to go to drugs or terrorism or something like that I think we've got to change for me, the one of the big things we have to change is the missing versus runaway thing. Things like that. A child is either missing or they're not. Those are the only two choices that you have. We don't need to separate uh, indigenous, the, the tribal kids. They should not be a separate thing. They, we should be able to jump in and work those just like everything else. A child's either missing or they're not. That one concept alone. Another concept is the fact that in the U.S. and everywhere else around the world, parents siblings, neighbors, anybody with access to a child that is going on right in their own homes. These child, children are being raped, videoed, and that that's being sold and traded on the dark web, but people don't want to have that in mind. So I think until we get this out into the broader society that this is reality, this is what's happening. Sometimes children are trafficked, sometimes they're exploited right out of their own home and they're in school every day and they're home every night. We, we have to, I think, change society's view of this and that's going to make everybody extremely uncomfortable. That is not something anybody wants to accept. That's not something anybody wants to think about because most of these kids come out of foster care. They come out of poverty. They're on living on reservations. They're, they're in something where they have no voice and they really have nobody else that has a voice that's willing to speak up for them. And I think that's what we've got to bring out to society that this is happening and we need people to help.
0: So a follow up question to that, Kevin, um, how uh, do you have any tips for anybody that's looking to help bring organizations together? Because one of the, the powerful things that I've seen the NCPTF do is is bring law enforcement from around the world at various levels of locality to national levels. You're bringing them together. Is it because of the amazing OSINT capability and the, the freeness of your organization that, Hey, we have this amazing ability to help you with your cases and we're not going to charge you back or anything. Or is there something else that's allowing uh, those barriers to be broken down with your, with respect to NCPTF?
4: Well, Michael, what you're seeing is the ground level you're seeing. And you know, we, we work in terrorism cases, international, domestic and everything else, but the kids, when you have people, that are willing to to step into this arena day after day, and you cannot leave this undamaged. You cannot work in this at any level, any period of time and come out undamaged. Those people that are willing to put themselves through that have a passion, and they're willing to reach out to other people. Yeah, you gotta develop that trust and that professionalism, and we have, but yeah, what you're seeing are the people with the passion all coming together right here to do the work. The, The problem we have, when you start getting up several levels towards the top, and then we're starting to look at people running the organization, and they're looking at money, and they're looking at, you know, we we can't those we can't work with that agency because they're going to get some of the credit for this, uh, the ego and the credit. That's that's the top level stuff, and and what you're talking about, Micah, is the the people that are doing the day to day work, and they are are outstanding, and that's where we have focused. Okay, thank you.
1: Yeah, it's thank a you. Of different values as well. So when you are operating with uh, different fundamental values, I can assume that cooperation is much more difficult. It is,
4: Um, it is, yeah.
1: um, I had another question to ask, but first of all, it's indeed incredible. And I agree that uh, predators usually target the vulnerable groups, the people that do not have a voice, the ones that are uh, not protected by someone else usually. And we are very easy to just dismiss cases and say, okay, somebody will take care of that later. Uh, They were always into trouble, essentially. although. In reality, they are also children. They need to be protected by someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask, in um, also it's very important. You mentioned more things in combination to it. So uh, you look into grooming, you look into um, geolocations, image analysis. So I, I can hear a lot of different disciplines combining together, as Laurent said earlier. And I can also imagine that... Um, useful, for example, to look into the language, the linguistics, is there Mm -hmm. any specific, um, yeah, linguistic um, evidence that points to a specific direction, for example, idioms, things like that. What other intelligence disciplines combine well with social engineering to have a very good uh, investigative process, essentially?
4: Yeah, social engineering, we... There are so many, so many projects we have going right now. I've, I've asked Chris Hadnagy to do a presentation at the conference on the application of social engineering in grooming and the grooming status. And I, I'm really, really, I'm really looking forward to what he has to say on that. But linguistics, yes, we luckily, when my wife speaks Bulgarian, uh, Russian, and a couple of other Slavic-based. But you know, we we are also fortunate enough that some of our volunteers are from the military and from certain parts of the military that have access to a lot of cultural you know language capabilities that uh, that they again are approved and cleared to work on child cases so that is that that actually is something that that is really really big and we are actively talking to some technology groups on uh, the application of ai machine learning uh, cognitive you know, a lot, of, a lot of services. There are a lot of things because, for example, you know, you talk about linguistics, the. Identifying predators as they operate, you know, predators are out here hunting on the clear web. Teenagers have a natural, you know, as they grow, they're looking at separating from their parents anyway. So there's this natural vulnerability, even though they think they know everything. This natural vulnerability and if you start targeting them like let's, let's say you look at a subreddit for runaways or uh, teens with depression or anxiety eating disorders or discord or, or anywhere you start looking for these extra vulnerabilities that's where they're hunting and what they're trying to do is get them off of there they're also at the same time on things like homework sites and so you mentioned linguistics we're actually going through trying to figure out how to apply some of this to figure out how are they hunting on homework sites because if you're a parent I can go back and yeah. after we work these cases, we'll take that, that username or something and go back and look through homework sites and look through these other places where kids hang out. Parents probably are not going to recognize them. So uh, applying linguistics, applying social engineering and having an understanding. Again, I have people now who are better at everything than I ever was or could have been, but bringing them together on a problem like that. And if you have something, I I definitely want to talk to you offline, but uh, I'll stop rambling now, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I would be happy to talk more about it because uh, I was even asked one time to to try to differentiate between a runaway and a person that is abducted exactly based on yeah. linguistics, for example, because yeah. that would make all the difference on whether this case would eventually go into law enforcement or not. And yeah. uh, it's very interesting in general. Yes, absolutely.
0: So I have a question for you, Kevin, about the future of the organization. You already mentioned that the organization is not overly successful, but it's definitely suffering uh, a rap- rapid growth of people understanding its capability and in, in wanting to participate. Um, do you have an idea of what NCPTF is going to look at, look like in
4: the next mm-hmm. year, two, three, or, or even farther? Well, we are going to have to do some fundraising uh, believe it or not, we have operated on less than fifteen thousand the last two years. So we're a, we're a completely volunteer. We have no paid. Nobody's paid out of this. Uh, so we're completely volunteer, and we are at the point now where we are having to look at at full time. But yes, we uh, and and Mike, I, I was hoping to recruit you into some of these talks here in the near future. But yeah, we we do. We are looking at at bringing on some full time investigators that can. Uh, better organize the geolocation teams the volunteers that are in that realm and the volunteers that are in the OSINT and the dark web and then we we have a couple of layers that are hidden from the general uh because when we get into facial recognition there are a lot of uh you know we've touched on ethics a bit so when, when you get into aspects we have access to several facial recognition platforms. So we, we have to develop some guidelines, some safeguards, some privacy protections when we start getting into things like that. So um, hopefully in the next year or so, we'll have much more organization and we will be able to, uh, again, Mike, I keep going back to you, but you've helped us organize part of that geolocation uh, team that was, it was phenomenal. It was a huge idea for us and a huge step in the right direction. So getting getting more of those developments are gonna be key. Well, I've
0: enjoyed the work that I do with NCPTF because, like you said, you know it's uh, you're you're working with amazing people that are incredibly talented, and and one of the things that I love about OSIN Curious is that I get to learn from people that are smarter than me, like Nesh and Christina and Laurent, and and um, so it, it's nice to be in a comfortable environment where you feel secure and saying, I don't know this stuff. Can you help me out? Griffin's just incredible, Carlos, and all of the other amazing people over there.
4: Yeah, it's That's each each fact pattern you get into is different. Each case is is so different that you know the, and it's it's the everybody coming together and hopefully we expand your skills. I know you come in at an extremely high level, but you know, yep. you've got stuff you pull out of this and you can put to use and, and you can teach.
0: Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the things that I've enjoyed about contributing just as a volunteer investigator there is that, is that it is taking me outside of that comfort zone, but that, that normalcy, that, that regularness of here's another business, here's another us person to investigate. We're looking at things in other countries. We're looking at imagery and other things that, that people like Laurent here have done for many years with the BBC and other places. So I get to play in a little bit of Laurent's area of the world and, um, and it's nice. Yes.
3: Well, we appreciate it. So, Kevin, um, just another question. In case some of our listeners um, are interested in contributing in what form or, you know, they are just interested in helping out as well. Um, can you just give a brief description of who you're looking for? Because I assume you're not looking for someone who just started uh, last week reading into OSINT, but someone more experienced and someone with special skills. So what are those skills?
4: Well, you know, when this first started off, I was we were taking people based on... Uh, my gut feeling. And a lot of that was dealing with passion. If I, you give me a choice between somebody who's got, you know, 20 years doing this and somebody who's hungry and passionate and you know, that, that passion pays off. But right now we're looking at people who know how to do fundraising, who know how to do grant writing, because we, we have to expand as an organization. We cannot keep up the, the flow and the, the, the work capacity that we've done to this point. Now in the future here in another Let's say six months to a year. If we do get some full time people and we do get some organization, uh, if, if somebody just has this burning desire to, to help children or to help people, you know, that may be something we can look at. Uh, it, it And we have kicked around different levels of inclusion. So like I mentioned to Micah, we, we do have another level that is not exposed to most of the other uh, members. And it's, it's just three of us, basically, that have access to some extremely sensitive tools and that, that we do not want to get out of control, that we, uh, when you have humans coming in to work with facial recognition or some of these other sensitive tools, it's, uh, you, you got to be really careful. You got to have safeguards. You got to have oversight and you got to have other things set up. You can't just turn people loose with this stuff. So uh, I, I can see other levels, but I, I would love to get people who are interested in it. And I know Griffin loves to teach. So that, that may be something coming up. That's, that's great. Thank you. Um, any other questions? Nash,
0: Christina, Laurent?
2: Yeah, I, I was just thinking that at least here in Portugal and I would say especially most of Europe with, with the runaway cases, what I get very often is is people because they know I, I do Ozin and I've been in law enforcement, because there are kids missing, they will like call me and say, Okay, the police says he's a runaway or that he just, you mm-hmm. know, went She went with her boyfriend or he went with his girlfriend, whatever. But I'm really concerned. They say they can't do anything right now. Can you help me? And at this stage, there isn't a lot of options uh, for these parents, even if it's like just helping them out with basic things that they can do or that they can actually um, protect, like the technology, try to keep some data or who should they talk to about the friends? What should they do? Um, and I think that's probably an area where people would be very happy to like afterwards maybe donate and mm-hmm. help out out an institution that just gave them this like basic first steps of what you can actually do just yourself as a parent. Like what are the things that yeah. you should you should do.
4: Yeah, and that, that actually you just triggered something there that I was thinking about a while back and, and I kind of touched on is the runaways. You know, their law enforcement really, quite honestly, is is barred by statute that they, they can't step in because really no crime has been committed. If we could come up with a much broader, almost like what Trace Labs does with the missing persons. But if we could take specifically runaways and have a team that could dig in and say, she's been talking to this guy who looks like, or this looks like a predator. This is a fake account. You know, something like that. That that could be a huge step uh, in in bringing on a lot more people at a whole different level. But uh, anyway, I'll, that, that's, uh, I think you've triggered a great idea there. Andesh, I will warn you, uh, <laughs> having bright ideas with Kevin
0: will cause you to be stuck into the organization. And that's and a good thing, but I warn yeah. you, be careful with sharing great ideas with Kevin. All right. Um, any other questions? If not, I think maybe uh, we'll uh, we'll say thank you to our guest and guest Kevin for for doing uh, uh, us a favor and, and being on the show and sharing you know what you do and and your your NCPTF people do as well.
3: Yeah, thank you so much. And for our listeners, if you want to follow Kevin on Twitter, make sure uh, to follow him. Of course, his handle is at Volk V O L K underscore NCPTF, and also make sure to check out. Uh, the website it's uh, so it's
4: ncptf.org cool yes. and thank you all for having me on here again I've, I've been following you know this this group since you began so i really appreciate all of the the work and all of the information you put out thanks thank Kevin. you so far i love thanks. your work thank you hey, thank you That's Awesome.